Ladies and gentlemen, on tonight's show, I'm delighted to be joined by one of Ireland's best-loved and most enduring female artists. She has received countless awards, including Best Irish Female Artist, Personality of the Year Award, Best Solo Artist, just to name a few. Frances Black, you're very welcome to Ireland Calls. Thank you so much, Trafford. Great to talk to you. Frances, you began singing with the Black family at 17. Your dad was from Rathlin Island in Antrim. Your mom, Dubliner. Did the Black family music have a blend of Dublin and Antrim music in it? Yeah, I suppose you could say that we did. You know, there was my father's influence, I suppose, would have been traditional music. And, you know, he would have had, I suppose, where Rathlin Island is, is like an hour from Scotland. And it's about 45 minutes from Ballycastle County, Antrim. So he had, he certainly played Irish music with a hint of Scottish music in his playing. Um, he played, his family would have played all instruments. And my mother, of course, was, was from the inner city of Dublin, and uh, she was a true Liberty Bell. And um, she would have been influenced by all the old songs like Teddy O'Neill and some old musical type stuff as well. So I suppose that would have influenced us. But my brother Shay would have had the biggest influence on us. He was the eldest of the black family, and he bought his first guitar when he was 13. He saved and saved and saved, and he was a song collector, and he would have been really, really into song collecting and uh, very influenced by the folk music of the time. So I think probably Shay would have had the most influence on us all, to be honest. And later on in your career, you teamed up with a Newry singer, Kieran Goss, some great music, including The Wall of Tears, came from you and him. That's right, Tessa. What happened was, while I was with the Black family, I was asked to join a band called Arcady. And that was Johnny McDonough. There was fantastic music, traditional music musicians. Sharon Shannon was in the band initially, Cahill Hayden, Brendan Larcy, Patsy, Patsy Broderick, um, and of course Johnny McDonough, the baron player, who, who used to play with Daydanan. And he'd left Daydanan and set up this band called Arcady. And that was a fantastic experience because we recorded an album called After the Ball. It was just, we toured America many a time and we traveled the length and breadth of the States, which was wonderful. And we even went at one point over to, uh, we went over to some festival. This is in the early 90s before the war, to Iraq, actually, to Baghdad. There was some world festival and we ended up going there. It was an amazing experience. And then when I left the band Arcady, we, uh, we, I joined up with Kieran Goss, and again, it was just I wanted to perform music, and Kieran, kind of myself, we had done a gig, and we just loved performing together, and we recorded an album, and on that album, there was a, a track that we recorded together called A Wall of Tears, and then I suppose for me, um, the next step was during that whole period, when at one point I was with Kieran and Arcady. There was an album that was released here in, Ar- in Ireland that was extremely successful. It was myself and my sister Mary and Sharon Shannon, Dolores Keane, Eleanor McAvoy and Maura O'Connell. And it was all six women and the album was called A Woman's Heart. And for that album, the After the Ball track was taken off the Arcady album and The Wall of Tears was taken off the Francis Black and Kieran Goss album and placed on that album. And uh, it just... I don't know, it just launched all our careers, that album did, and it went off the Richter scale sales-wise, and it changed all our lives dramatically. And I suppose that was really the beginning, even though, like, you know, I mean, I know I felt that while I was working with Arcady and with Kieran, it was just another kind of part of the journey for me, and then that launched me into my solo career. 
where I released um, my first solo album in 1994, and that was called Talk To Me. And um, on that album, there was a, a song that came out that's sent to me by the wonderful Kerryman, Christy Hennessy, called All The Lies That You Told Me. And uh, that song went number one in the charts in Ireland. We had singles back then. And then it, the album was released, and the album went to number one for 10 weeks in Ireland. And it just changed my life, to be honest with you, Trasa. It was a, it was a wonderful time. I mean, you know, when I look back on, on all of that time and, and my life and what happened, it, it was almost like a dream, to be honest with you. It, it was just, you know, I kind of, oh God, that really happened to me, you know? Yeah. So certainly changed my life in this country and uh, it was an amazing experience and you haven't performed in new york in 20 years such a long time since i performed in new york i mean i think the last time i would have performed there was in the bottom line i don't even know if the bottom line is still there um but it was a it was a kind of a club that was there and i think i came out on tour maybe 95 96 i'm not even not sure the exact date so yes and the funny thing is this time i'm not performing on my own this time I'm performing as a trio with my daughter and my son. My daughter, Aoife Scott, has started to kind of make waves for herself here in Ireland. My son is a, is a musician. He's a traditional musician, but he plays guitar. And he's also a songwriter. So the three of us this time will be performing together. So I'm really excited about it because Eva and Owen will both be singing their own songs that they've written themselves. And their passion in life is folk traditional music and um and Eva's songs I think are are really lovely and I know I'm I'm a mother and I'm a bit biased but they seem to be getting a lot of a lot of interest here in Ireland and she's just in recording her own album and she's been doing a lot of television here in Ireland and radio so it's exciting to be performing with with my two children who are now like in their early 30s but it is very exciting for me and where are you going to be performing while you're here well we're performing in the New York Irish Centre um, in Queens and it's my first time performing there and I know that the wonderful Donny Carroll um, was really the one who put me in touch with the centre and I'm really excited about being there. Donny has talked a lot about this wonderful venue so and it's on the 31st of July and I'm hoping that we get a full house. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because it's so long I suppose since I performed in New York, I'm a little bit anxious. So I hope we get a bit of a crowd, Trasa. I suppose that's my biggest anxiety. But if we do get a crowd, and I know we're going to have a great night, and I think there'll be a bit of storytelling, and there'll be a bit of, obviously, lots of singing. But we like, both myself and Aoife and Owen, like to tell stories behind the songs and, you know, why we sing them and what inspired Aoife to write them and that kind of stuff. So I think it'll be a good fun, but I also think um, it'll be a bit of nostalgia for people and I think it'll be an enjoyable experience. So I hope we get a crowd. I think you'll get a crowd and I think if the great cockman, Donny Carl, you will get a crowd. He's a fabulous Mm. man. Donny will be singing a song as well, hopefully. Ah, that's good, that's good. And of course, folks, the New York... Irish Centre is located 1040 Jackson Avenue in Queens, New York. And if you want to log on and get your tickets now, folks, it's www.newyorkirish.org. Frances, you're not just solely an artist. You also make time for community, and you have established a foundation called the Rise Foundation. Tell me about it. That's right. That's right, Trasa. Well, I suppose, you know, I've spoken very openly um, here in the media about my own recovery from addiction and I don't have any shame in speaking about it, Trasa, because 
I really believed, I made a decision when I was talking on the Late Late Show many years ago, that if my story would help one other person, then it was worthwhile telling it. So I told my story on the Late Late Show, and I wasn't expecting, I suppose, the reaction. Um, We were inundated with people looking, particularly family members, looking for help and support for their loved one who might have had um, an alcohol problem or gambling problem or a drug problem. So in the meantime, uh, back in 2003, my mother passed away and um, she left us all a small amount of money. So I really want to make her proud, you know, and I wanted to do something that, you know, would have been very special for her. So I went back to college to become an addiction therapist. And I just really went back because I wanted to learn and I wanted to, I believe knowledge is power and I wanted to find out. And I thought, I didn't know what I was going to do with it when I, when I stu- finished studying. But I did go to work. While I was touring, I did go to work and train in a treatment centre here in Ireland called Rutland. It's one of the most well-known treatment centres. And that was an amazing experience. And I stayed on working there as a therapist while I was still touring. And it was there really, Trafford, that I saw the heartbreak and the powerlessness that a family member feels when they have somebody they love with an alcohol, drug or gambling problem. So I decided to leave there and set up a charitable organization here in Ireland that only supports the family member. Like if somebody presents themselves to us that might have an alcohol or drug or gambling problem, we will refer them on. But our services provide a program that will help the family member to understand what's going on for them personally because that powerlessness can drive a family member into a very anxious state where they might get you know uh, stress-related illnesses maybe depression lack of sleep and maybe frustration anger sadness loss all of those feelings that come with having somebody that you love with an alcohol drug or gambling problem so we provide a program that supports them and it's going very well but obviously here in Ireland we're just coming out of a recession and so for us it was always a struggle for funding but the program is going really 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 well and we were inundated with people coming to us at this time you know so I love the work and I'm there all of the time as well as touring so I'm in the office morning noon and night and I suppose it's a huge challenge for me and it's given me a lot of, I suppose, I suppose I'm very passionate about it. I love working with the families. I love the work. I really want to get rise to a place where it can really, you know, sustain itself. Um, and I'm determined to do that. So, you know, uh, Doni, I'm going to talk about Doni again. Doni has oh, been course. fantastic and has won a couple of events for us in New York and will be running another one in the new year. So, again, as I say, and we hope to have charity status. Actually, we do have charity status in the, in the U.S. now which is very exciting for us. It's all part of my life. I'm very, I suppose, grateful to have the motivation to be able to sing and perform and make albums and perform with my children, but also to be able to give back some way and and give back to Ireland, to, to the country that I love so much. And I feel for me that, you know, alcoholism and uh, drug addiction and gambling are becoming much, much more of a problem now. And I believe that by supporting the family, it can make huge change. So that's what I'm doing. I love the work as well as my music. Do you have any plans to expand the foundation in the future? Well, we would like to go nationwide with our programs. Already we're in Kilkenny, we're in Carlow, we're in Port Leash, we're in Dublin, we're out in Swords. I'd love to go over to the West. I'd love to go to Donegal. I'd love to go down to Cork. 
go down to Kerry, you know, come all the way around to Waterford and Wexford. I suppose that's my vision, and I'd like to get into the six counties as well. Um, we did run some programmes on Rathlin Island, where my father comes from, and that's very important to me to do uh, cross-border work. That's really where I, what I'm working towards. But as I say, we already have programmes in Kilkenny, Carlow, Portleash, uh, Dublin, and Swords, and hopefully we'll get to spread if we can continue to work on, on funding, we will get there eventually. I suppose I like a challenge, Tessa, so it is challenging, but I'll do my best to get there. Well, wishing you lots of luck and continued success with the foundation. Francis, Thank you, Tessa. You're very welcome. And back to the music scene. Have you any new recordings on the horizon? Well, at the moment, I'm working with just, I suppose, in pre-production with James Glenner Hassett. James Glenner Hassett was, um, he helped produce, he co-produced my first solo album, Talk To Me. And uh, myself and James are just kind of researching songs at the moment. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. My my problem at the moment is time, Tressa, and really trying to prioritise. I have to start prioritising getting another album out now in the next in the next year anyway. I would hope to have something out in the new year or maybe maybe in the spring of next year. Francis, thank you so much for chatting with me on Island Calls. Continued success to you and enjoy your trip to New York. Thank you so much, Tressa, and it's really lovely to talk to you. And uh, I look forward to getting to have a cup of coffee with you someday, sitting down and having a big, long chat. And we certainly will. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much, Tressa. God bless.